Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Let Tim host Bless. I'm having a fantastic morning because about two minutes ago, right before we went live on this, Snowbike Mike popped in our Discord room and just mm. gave us a little pep talk for the week. Got, got us ready, ready oh, to yeah. roll. You know what I'm talking about? And I could not be more excited to roll into this week. Blessing, we are officially the closest we've ever been to Fast and Furious 9 actually being in theaters. We are three days away from me and you sitting very close to each other, watching a film on a big screen, and I cannot wait. Dude, I cannot wait for it. I was just talking to Kevin right before the call about this exact thing. Can you believe that we're two weeks away from a new Marvel movie? In theaters. Insane. insane, dude. We're back. Black Widow, baby. Woo! God, what a week. Uh, Tim, mm. I'm happy to be able to go back to theaters in you. But, of course, this is a video game news show. So, let's talk about the return of Dead Space, the return of Cyberpunk 2077, and the return of PSX, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, greasyteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you there's a new kind of funny podcast up right now featuring billy west aka the voice of doug the voice of Fry from Futurama, and the voice of Bugs Bunny, and more. I would have never Ren known the same person. And Stimpy. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy? Ren and Stimpy, and Doug and Roger Klotz. That's insanity. Uh, that episode of Kind of Funny Podcast is up right now. That's going to be one of, the one, one of the ones that I listen to. Because I cannot believe one person voices all of those people. Doug, Fry, Bugs Bunny, and more. Uh, the man of course, has lived that. a life. I recommend listening to it because it is, it is a journey, and it, it, it is, it's dark. And uh, it's, oh. uh, it's a powerful oh. episode, I will say. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you can go check that out right now on podcast services around the globe, along with YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Uh, something you can only get on YouTube, though, are Roger's edits. This morning over on the YouTube channel, you can catch Roger's edited version of Nick and Snowbike Mike playing through Operation Tango. Uh, you can go check that out over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. And Operation Tango is, of course, a game that I've been talking about quite a bit. It's a really good co-op game. If you loved It Takes Two, then I think you're going to really dig uh, uh, Operation Tango. It has a lot of keep talking and nobody explodes elements to it it's a really fun time and of course nick and snowbike mike playing that game is going to be a really fun time watching that so go check out rogers edit thank you to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash canva and final fantasy but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have five stories today Baker's dozen. That is the correct energy to have, Kevin, because story number one is EA about to bring back Dead Space. I'm pulling from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Star Wars Squadrons developer EA Motive is working on the revival of an established fan favorite IP. That's according to a comment made by GamesBeat's ever chatty Jeff Grubb, which was picked up by VGC and which tallies with information we've also heard. According to, to Jeff Grubb, EA plans to announce the project at its upcoming EA Play event in just a few weeks' time. What could it be? Well, a tease from Grubb makes it pretty obvious. Quote, we're going to see it. 
if we're not dead first. Oh, plants versus zombies. Oh, shit. EA's Dead Space franchise has been mothballed since 2013 when Dead Space 3 launched to a lukewarm reception. Its addition of co-op, which completely changed the way the creepy sci-fi survival horror series played, was blamed on EA by by fans at the time. Early ideas for Dead Space 4 were subsequently shelved and the series put on indefinite hiatus. The first two Dead Space games remain beloved, though developer Visceral Games sadly shut down in 2017. The studio's final project was Amy Hennig's single-player Star Wars game codenamed Ragtag, which also, end up, which also ended up being canned. In the years since, EA has seemingly come around to the idea of big-budget single-player games again. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order did the numbers, while this year's long-awaited Mass Effect Legendary Edition has been, has been warmly received. EA Play 2021 is due to take place on Thursday, July 22nd. Tim, ma, fucking Gettys, can you believe it? I honestly, I can't. This is pretty exciting stuff. I hope that it's true, but more than that, I hope that it's good, and I hope that it comes out in some type of relatively soon future. This is the type of thing where, this is an EA, where last year they announced Skate 4. When are we actually going to get Skate 4? It's good to know they're Mm -hmm. working on it. It's good to know that this game that probably we would have never thought would actually exist does exist in some form and is being worked on and will probably come out. Hopefully... We get more than that for this if it is real. I love Dead Space, fantastic franchise. It has been dead, and I think that we have a new EA now that can probably make it work. EA Motive have proven themselves over over time now. Squadrons was great for what it was trying to be, and more than that, what they worked on with Battlefront 2. Like, that game had a lot of issues, but the stuff EA Motive worked on definitely wasn't the bad stuff. It was the good stuff. So... Uh, with that, I, I also think it's interesting to look at Jedi Fallen Order and kind of the success of that game, both from a Star Wars perspective at a time that Star Wars games were kind of like being scrutinized heavily because of all the microtransaction stuff that went on with Battlefront 2. Uh, but on top of that, single player games, uh, not really being EA's kind of go to in, in any way, uh, but it mm-hmm. being as successful as it is and selling as well as it did kind of like ushers a new kind of avenue for a game like dead space to make a return but on top of that i think it's really important to consider the deal that ea play has with game pass so there is now a new revenue stream for games that don't necessarily uh have a easy way to make money off of microtransactions and things like that like apex legends etc etc so i think that the there's a a willingness to make single-player games that are a bit more of a, a a risk like dead space because there's a more of an inherent user base and revenue stream already built in yeah this for me this feels like uh such a win in terms of how pe- how much people love Dead Space and how much EA could use a win like that when we're talking about single player games that are narrative focused that people fall in love with because over the last generation we've seen EA kind of turn turn away from that we saw Amy Hennig's Star Wars game get canceled we've seen multiple Star Wars games and single player games from EA get canceled and I'll never forget the statement they put out regarding uh, a project Ragtag where they were like oh yeah you know development was going but then we realized that it's a single player linear linear game and so we canceled it and that reading that statement felt like such a what the fuck is going on there you just described the exact game we want and you're telling us that because it's that game you're going to cancel it you know and that very much leads to the idea that okay no because it's not uh monetizable in the way that you guys want it to be monetized this is this isn't going to flourish for you therefore it's not worth making and that's such a bummer from such a big publisher with such promising ips in their pocket to see that you know, over the last few years, we've gotten titles that have convinced them that, no, this can be a viable way to go. Respawn being sort of the leader for it with Jedi Fallen Order. 
I think that's promising. I think that's cool. And I think that speaks to the talent of a studio like Respawn. You know, over the years, we've praised Respawn for being such an incredible studio. Between uh, games like Titanfall, Jedi Fallen Order, and Apex Legends, being able to, to release those under EA as a publisher and really stand out as, hey, you know, we're under this big publisher that a lot of y'all have problems with, but we're still able to flourish and make incredible titles. That being an influencer through the rest of the publisher, I think, is such a powerful thing and such a cool thing. And I think them moving into making a Star Wars, or not Star Wars, sorry, a, a Dead Space game, bringing it back and trying to turn that back into what it once was would be such a powerful move. I guess my question would be, Tim, for you, what, what does a Dead Space 4 look like in 2021? I mean, I think that is very interesting to to think about, especially it not being visceral. This being mm -hmm. potentially motive working on it, I think it has to be a reboot. I think it has to be kind of just let's start fresh and let's tell our own story. Like, no matter what, it's going to be compared. But I think to give it the best chance to succeed, you kind of need to cut the the loose ends and stuff and move on. Just tell your own story and and I'll, like design this game to be made for a modern audience that may not have fallen in love with Dead Space. A decade ago you know that there's definitely something there and i think that they have the, a bigger audience than ever to be able to tell that story and i think that if they really went back to what made the dead space dead space franchise special uh which is more airing on the one and two side and less on the three side i think could it could really work for them but it would require a kind of from the ground up let's just like go back to the cores of what people actually want from dead space and let's do that yeah and, you know, playing playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, playing Resident Evil 3 Remake, playing Resident Evil 8, I could easily see Dead Space coming back and still feeling like it's relevant and it works today. Because I think that's a problem you have oftentimes where you're trying to bring bring back an older IP is, oh man, gameplay's moved on. Oh man, open world games have changed. Oh man, this genre has changed over the years. I could easily see a Dead Space coming back and still sticking with this is survival horror. This is this is focused on terrifying players. This is focused on scarce resources. This is focused on the moment to moment gameplay and the narrative, and it's still hitting like in, like it hit back in the day. And so I think this is this is this is really promising. I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. And I, I saw somebody I saw somebody in chat as well mentioning that hey EA like EA still has games like it takes two. They ha they've had really good games, and I, the thing I'd want to point out is that. That is very recent EA. When we're talking about It Takes Two, when we're talking about Apex, when we're talking about Jedi Fallen Order, we're talking about the last few years. Even when we're talking about A Way Out, we're talking about the last you know three or so years in the EA lifespan. Over the last generation, I feel like they've had so many stumblings across microtransactions with a lot of the sports games, Battlefront, Battlefront uh, 2 microtransactions. Like There's been a lot of EA stumblings and controversy and i feel like it's only within the last few years where we've seen them come back and redefine a little bit and figure out what works this year for ea has been pretty phenomenal between it takes two and uh knockout city and what could be a, a banger ea play if they do bring back dead totally. space you know i think well i, I think didn't even the direction... mention mass effect oh yeah mass effect legendary edition yeah that's probably the biggest one right there uh between all of those it feels like ea is kind of getting back to where they need to be in terms of making the decisions that are going to get fans on their side, because that's been the biggest problem with EA over, over the last 10 years is that so many decisions they've been making have been, have been decisions that have pushed fans away, turned fans against them. And very recently it feels like they're kind of, they're, they've been making the moves to turn that around and, and, between announcing Skate last year and announcing a new Dead Space, it feels like they are really trying to turn that ship. And I really hope that works for them. Yeah, man, me too. Um, this is the same. EA is crazy because they're so big that like, <laughs> no, 
Yay, big. There you go. Uh, but they're so big that it's like they've always made these good decisions. They're just often buried under the bad decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, these, this is the same company that gave us a sequel to Mirror's Edge. Like, that is crazy. And that kind of came, and then it went. And it's a like, I sequel. imagine that we... But that's the thing, is like, I, we can only hope that we've learned lessons from that and mm-hmm. put a little bit more loving care into these things to be able to revive them and, and bring them back because there's definitely some, some magic there. What's interesting for me is, and I've been talking about this a lot with you guys, but how we've transitioned from E3, what it used to be, into what it is now and what Summer Game Fest and everything and just how game developers kind of make their announcements and, uh, you know, kind of track their titles. It is crazy that back in the day there was the big three of the hardware manufacturers and then the third-party things were kind of like, depending on who they are, the Activisions and EAs were always these giant publishers, but they didn't really have an identity to them right and i think that over time like we're getting to a point that unfortunately activision's identity has been just shed down to its call of duty and its blizzard stuff and that's it like the last couple of years they had all the bangers of the the toys for bob and the uh you know all, all of that other stuff but then vicarious visions etc cetera, etc cetera. Binox, that all goes away they're all just working on call of duty on the ea side it's we've seen that kind of shift and especially when star wars came in it was just star wars star wars star wars star wars let's do it all but then when the battlefront stuff went bad and th- that they were like we need to reformat and adjust yeah. our entire content lineup and i really think you're seeing that across all their teams whether it's dice or motive or etc cetera, etc cetera, going on to the ea originals slate that they have EA is starting to form an identity that doesn't just mean bad things. And that's going to take more time. They still haven't fully proven themselves, but we are on a kind of uphill trajectory there. So it's like, that's, that is good that there are multiple exciting things that could happen at an EA play. Cause I feel yeah. like for a couple of years, it was just like, all right, we know exactly what we're going to get going into this. And we're not really excited. We might be excited for the one thing. Like we knew we were excited to see the Jedi Fallen Order gameplay demo at E3 a couple of years ago. But besides that, it was kind of like, we're not expecting crazy announcements here. It's like, oh man, you guys are getting back to an EA that we're excited for. That's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, Star Wars Squadrons alone was such a cool announcement. I remember being um, watching watching the stream with you guys, right? That Greg was hosting, and they went into Star Wars Squadrons gameplay, and all of us were like, "Yo, this seems really exciting." You know, when the game came out, and I don't know if that game was necessarily for us, but playing through it, it was like, "No, this is a pretty cool thing." You know, it's a mm-hmm. unique game that is using the Star Wars license in this cool way that's going to speak to a certain audience, and that's a really fun thing. The fact that I'm looking forward to trying out Battlefield this fall, that's unheard of. I'm not a Battlefield person. You know, Battlefield is not my kind of franchise, but from everything they've shown over the last month, I'm in. You know, I want to try it out because it looks really cool, and, you know, I think you're onto something in terms of how they've readjusted in recent years to to try and speak to their audience and try and get goodwill back on their side, and again, like, I, I hope it works. To go back to the story, though, like, you know, we talk about Dead Space. It seems like people are hinting heavily, heavily, heavily towards Dead Space. But, Tim, for you, if it's not Dead Space, what EA IP would you want them to bring back? And why is the answer burnout? Oh, oh, it's. I mean, I <laughs> thought you were going to go to the obvious NBA Street Volume 2. I mean, of course. <laughs> remix. Like, come on, let's go. I mean, really, I, I do think that the I, at this point, I think that EA Big is inevitable. 
because I think uh, maybe not this year, maybe not for a while, but it is one of those things that enough people are asking for it that someone's going to hear that and be like, let's just let's just give them something just to quench their make them shut the hell up. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I I will gladly shut the hell up if you make that happen again. Uh, so that that is definitely my answer. EA big just as a whole, whether it's SSX or the NBA stuff or whatever, anything in between. I feel like that would be a really exciting thing, and I think that they can make it work in a way and actually i think would probably work best if they treat it less on the grand scale respawn level and more on the level of the it's take to it takes two type games where they treat it like a smaller thing where they they do put it out as a like 30 dollar title something mm-hmm. like that i you mean know? And, dude playing knockout city i am obsessed with knockout city exactly yeah. and knockout city for me is the most NBA Street EA Big game I've played since playing EA Big games back in the day. And I'm with you that I if they announced at an EA Play that they're bringing back the EA Big moniker and having a slate of games to go alongside that, I would ex- I would explode into like <laughs> into into just pure emotion, right? I that, that would be the best announcement you can possibly make as um as EA for me as an EA Big fan. The thing I'll say that I think fights against that is the existence of EA Originals cuz in a way Playing through the recent EA originals, it feels like they carry that flag. Those are the EA games that have the personality, that are doing the wild things, that don't have to come out and be $60, but still come out. And they are these unique games under the EA brand that are super fun to play and are about the pure gameplay. The fact that that we've gotten uh, Knockout City, It Takes Two, uh, A Way Out a few years ago. The fact that, uh, I forget the name of the game, is it Lost in Random? Chat, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that, that game that, that looks really cool. The fact that we're getting those types of games under EA has me super excited, um, but it makes me wonder if an EA Big and an EA Originals could coexist because I feel like they're doing somewhat similar things. I mean, that's my thing is like, I don't, it doesn't need to be EA Big. It just needs to be what it is, which it could just be EA Originals. Imagine this. Mm-hmm. They come out, they just talk to us. Hey, 20 years ago, we had EA Big and that meant NBA Street and NFL Street and SSX and blah, blah, you know, just like have the thing. Oh, be yeah. like, We've been doing EA Originals and... Uh, we want to continue that blah 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 here's our, our lineup like of ea originals and it just includes ssx and nba street and all that stuff like that would be incredible yeah and we've we've seen so many big publishers especially lately when we talk about playstation uh partner up with different devs that are outside of the ecosystem to make games that are quote-unquote playstation studios games or quote-unquote like we i don't think we've necessarily seen with ubisoft yet but ubisoft originals exist as a moniker and theoretically could work within that framework i'll love for ea to be like hey these guys over here they just made shredders the the game that's like mike's been super hype (laughs) hype about over e3 uh during e3 they just made shredders what if you partnered with them to make an ssx and called it an e original to, to come out in a few years like that would be such a good move and cool move for ea to do and you know i don't think that's outside the realm of possibility with what ea originals is and again the moves that ea has been making lately to try to to, to try and work back into getting fans on their side and building a, a, a name that is more outside of just sports 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 shooter game uh the games you already know from them i think that would be such a cool thing and not to be a broken record, but with EA Play on Game Pass, there's a built-in revenue stream that can make smaller titles make a lot of money. And so it can start to make a lot of sense to promote something like Knockout City way more than they would have ever promoted it because it's an easier promo when it's like, hey, it's free. Exactly. Tim, let's talk about story number two. Cyberpunk is back on the PlayStation Store. Uh, I am reading from at Cyberpunk Game on Twitter where they tweeted out this. 
Hashtag Cyberpunk 2077 is now back on the PlayStation Store. You can play the game on PS4 Pro and on PS5. Additionally, a free next-gen upgrade will be available for all owners of the PS4 version of Cyberpunk 2077 in the second half of 2021. Users may continue to experience some performance issues with the PS4 edition while we continue to improve stability across all platforms. The PS4 Pro and PS5 versions of the game will provide the best experience on PlayStation. It's back, Tim. Yeah. We talked about this last week, uh, you know, it, it coming back and that this was how it was going to be phrased. But to, to see it written out like this, it's a little disconcerting because it's bullshit that Cyberpunk and PlayStation themselves as well are tweeting. It's like the PS4 Pro and PS5 versions of the game will provide the best experience on PlayStation. That is being a little bit omitting of the truth because when you look at it, every game, on PlayStation is better on PS4 Pro and PS5. So them mm. adding that is really just them not saying, hey, this runs like shit on the base PS4. Yeah, don't play this on the PS4. And, and that I, that's what I feel like they should say. You know what I mean? It's like, be a little bit more honest about the negative side of it. Of course, they don't want to do that because of marketing, but it's like, this just all feels like, hey, it's been long enough. We've done some things. Mm-hmm. Not enough people are going to care to turn this into a big deal. So let's just sweep it under the rug. This makes me even more surprised that they're allowing the game back in not just waiting for the PS5 version as PlayStation. Because if I was them, I'd be like, hey, the game runs like shit on PS4. Don't put it on PS4. You know, like that is not the purpose of all of this. The PS4 Pro doesn't exist so that the base PS4 versions of games can be bad. It exists so people can can play improved versions of your game. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting move on the PlayStation side, but I think it comes back to what is the real reason why Cyberpunk was taken off of the PlayStation Store? They took it off because... Uh, CD Projekt Red was making a big fuss about the refund policy and PlayStation very careful about the refund policy there are plenty of games on the PS4 that run like trash and that are way worse than Cyberpunk 2077 but the fact that CD Projekt Red was uh, encouraging people to get refunds on the platform was the last straw for PlayStation and so for them I imagine it was a thing of all right you know, we can get we can put this back as long as you stop with the refund refund shit. And the way to the way to calm people down, in terms of or not even calm people down, the way to inf- quote unquote inform people uh, about the bad version of the game in a in a accurate way would be to phrase it in a way where it's like, hey, get this on PS4 and PS5 or PS4 Pro and PS5 as opposed to PS4, so that they can cover their ass a little bit. Um, but the fact that they need to do that makes me wonder if it should be back at all. The answer is probably no, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, or just hey, it's only available on PS4 Pro and PS5. I don't even know if that's possible in with how PlayStation. That's the other works. thing. But yeah. I mean, okay, then it's only available on PS5. Y'all fuck this up. Like the thing is, it exactly. might be true for a ton of different games, but they're obviously the highest profile, and they're called out. They're under scrutiny. So we're not talking about other games. We're talking about Cyberpunk. Exactly. Exactly. But it's back for you if you're listening. You're like, I feel like playing the digital version of, of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation. Boom, you can get it now. Uh, though I will say you should probably play it on PC if you're going to play it. It was pretty decent on PC. Story number three, PlayStation experience may be making a comeback in 2021. This is Richard Warren at Game Rant. Get fucking hyped. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it, Tim. Uh, Many gamers were let down by the lack of PlayStation news at E3 2021, though most believe that Sony will be holding an event of its own to make up for it. A new trademark filed by the company seems to support this theory, as it suggests that a new PlayStation Experience event is going to be held in the near future. A big reason why PlayStation fans grew so attached to Sean Layden, PlayStation Experience was essentially the brand's second E3 from 2014 to 2017. I'm going to pause there. Did PlayStation fans grew grew attached to Sean Layden? 
Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I guess that's fair. I don't. I I never sh- saw Sean Layden as that dude that PlayStation fans grew super attached to. Oh, outside of just the fact that he was just the only personality to maybe get attached to by that point. Well, I mean, he was for so long, and more than that, like he was the t-shirt guy. Like he was one of the original. Like That's now, fair. everyone's like, "Oh, Phil Spencer, what shirt's he wearing?" It's like Sean Layden was just like he was wearing a Crash shirt at PSX. You remember? And then the next E3, they announced Crash. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, I, 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 I definitely remember that. Yeah. The big. Oh no, I just never. I like Sean Layden. I never was like he's the he's the um like the voice PlayStation. Like I I never saw Sean Layden as the way that I feel like Xbox fans see somebody like Phil Spencer. Like for me, it was always about the I guess the Shuhays and the Adam Boyses. But maybe this I is because Greg Miller did a really good job. <laughs> I'll say maybe this is just me Vita as a baby. <laughs> to continue with the story, uh, with highlights like the reveal of the Last of Us Part Two during the 2016 keynote, as well as gameplay demonstrations for Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Bloodborne a few years prior, many have fond memories of the event. Now, fans have a reason to believe that it could be returning with Sony filing a brand new trademark for the PlayStation Experience name. This patent was discovered by Gaming Route, and it suggests that a new PlayStation Experience is on the horizon. Hey, I see what they did there. While Sony refiling the trademark does not guarantee an event, as it could just be saving the title for later use, it does line up with rumors of an upcoming show. With gamers, with gamers having hopes for a summer state of play that is on the same level as something like the PlayStation 5 Showcase, Sony using a special name for this, for this big event would make sense. Given how popular PlayStation Experience used to be, bringing back the name could serve as a great way to build up hype. Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think we see it? My honest thoughts are, I think that this news story is coming from a whole bunch of nothing. I don't think that there's any actual basis of reality in it. That's just my personal gut reaction to this. However, I think it is brilliant, and I think it is the perfect thing for Sony to do. Skip out on E3. It's a weird year because of COVID and hardware shortages and all that stuff. Take a little bit more time to get a little further in a bunch of projects, and then, boom, have your own press conference at your own time at an in-person event, PSX, which has always been one of the hypest in-person events in video games period and i feel like it was just on a track to just become the number one at some point with the other ones kind of faltering here and there or like changing focus i i guess is another way to put it psx is special and it because it is all about that ecosystem because it is all about the community of playstation gamers and it has its own conference it having that keynote event to kick things off which have been bangers every time they've done them there's been some major thing of consequence in it for somebody it might not be for every single person watching like that was the big one but it's like this psx was where they revealed last of us 2 it's where they were like showed off that uncharted 4 gameplay it's we got final fantasy 7 remake like an extended look after its first reveal at e3 like there's been a lot of really really dope stuff some weird stuff uh but you know overall a lot of dope announcements there and it's exciting because it's the only event that is the keynote is in front of thousands of real-life PlayStation fans. It's not just journalists. It's not just media. It's not. It's fans in the room able to react and like be excited about things that are the nerd uh, Geo Corsi coming out, pulling a Vita up on stage, and people losing oh, yeah. their goddamn minds. It's like you only get that that energy at PSX. So I think it is the perfect time to bring back PSX at the end of this year. Have PlayStation have a showcase that, to make up for the this whole year uh not really having state of plays with announcements and things and i think it kind of be the most perfect timing ever 
Yeah, Tim, I absolutely love PSX. I went to PSX 2017, which I believe was the the last one, and it is it, it's exactly what you described, right? Like PlayStation fans getting excited, getting hyped about the most nerdy PlayStation shit. I remember PS. I remember being at PSX and uh, being in front of a Dreams booth where there were a bunch of bunch of beanbag chairs and people were sitting in front of uh, people just giving, it was Media Molecule folks, giving stage presentations on what you can do with Dreams. And I remember Shuei Yoshida would come through, build his own stuff in Dreams. And that was, for me, the, the presentation that really sold me on Dreams because they showed off the uh, music maker within the app and a bunch of other stuff. And I remember sit, standing there being like, man, this looks really cool. I definitely want to try it out. And PSX for me is linked to so many cool memories. And I would absolutely love uh if they bring it back and them you know them re renewing the trademark or filing a new trademark for it gives me that kernel of hope that it could come back someday you know maybe they're, they're at, at the very least they are thinking about it at the very least they want it in their back pocket for whatever reason the uh the stuff that this article throws out there right like this article kind of talks about it in a way of psx would be the name of a bigger playstation presentation to come later in the summer that for me would be it's a mixed bag. I think it would be exciting if PlayStation did a bigger event this summer that was a, hey, this is bigger than a state of play, so we got to find a new name for it. I wouldn't necessarily want them to call it PlayStation Experience because I like PlayStation Experience being the in-person event, and I want them to come back someday, and so I would be bummed if that turned into that. Um, but I do I do like the idea of using the name. I do like the idea of keeping keep around the name, and I like the idea of doing an event. Uh, and I hope I hope they do have some sort of summer, July, maybe late summer event to lay out hey, here's more Horizon, here's a new trailer for God of War, here's maybe Last of Us Factions, here's some th some things you can look forward to in 2022. You know, I think that's necessary to have. Even if it's not E3, I think you've got to have that in order to be like a beacon of, hey, fans, look to us. This is what almost like what Nintendo does with Nintendo Directs a lot of the time. Here's what you can look forward to for the rest of the year and for the, and for the years in the future. Um, I love that. I hope they have that. And I think they kind of need that. I don't want to go on and belabor this point too much, but the last thing I want to say is PlayStation are in the unique position right now where we're at in 2021 to have kind of the first everyone in one room. We're back. We're live. There's video walls everywhere. This is an old school PlayStation slash video game showcase, but with the added layers of everyone's excited about the ps5 we actually have thousands of fans in this room we're making we've been kind of uh backed up on announcements and not having an avenue to really announce things so boom it's all here it's all there right now and that would just be such a freaking power move yeah especially with psvr2 coming out supposedly next fall or not next fall i should say fall 2022 i should say you got to have people in person to try that thing out and i and i i think a psx would be the perfect uh place to have that happen right get let people mm -hmm. have previews let press have previews let fans get their hands on it let them play the new astrobot game or whatever you ha you have cooking up for that thing i think there are a lot of reasons to bring back psx and i hope it happens but i can't let myself hope too hard because i've had my heart breaking too many times tim by hoping mm -hmm. and hoping for things where's the switch pro tim it's where the common. fuck is it it's where the common. fuck is it <laughs> of course you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free but guess what if you're hearing this part of the show that means you didn't so here are some ads 
This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check, check, check. Everything you need anytime you want it with DoorDash. They want Chinese, you want some pizza, and everyone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need delivered with DoorDash. Did did the ad just end? <laughs> yeah, sorry, it went wrong. Kevin, <laughs> sorry. Okay, do you want to try to try it again? Yeah, I'm actually. Give me one second before <laughs> I do that. I tested it earlier today. What's up, know. everybody? It's okay. it's okay, Kevin. Take your time. Take take your time. Of course, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, I assume people can hear us and see us. Right after this, we are recording. P.S. I love you, XOXO. Tomorrow's episode, and we will be talking about psx we will be talking about what our own psx is going to look like and so right into that if you haven't patreon.com slash kind of funny games and make sure to tune in tomorrow because it should be a banger is it featuring a special guest yes it is Ooh. so get hyped for that get hyped for that you hey, let me know when you're second. ready to go, give me go one again. second yeah yeah cool 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 tim how are you doing today how's your monday i'm doing real good man it's it, it's exciting we got a lot going on this week i'm going to dinner with you this week yeah i'm very i'm very excited for that yeah. i'm dude i'm i'm so happy to be going to dinner with people Wait. again yeah sorry well, i i exciting. figured it out cool uh i'm gonna hit it live now sorry about cool. that guys cool. it's all good here's some ads this podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check, check, check. Everything you need anytime you want it with DoorDash. They want Chinese, you want some pizza, and everyone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need delivered with DoorDash. Two, get drinks, snacks, and household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery option. Of course, I'm well-versed in DoorDash because I use it all the time. Uh, of course, uh, they don't, it's not even in this. They have a thing called the Dash Pass where you can get uh, you know delivery fees uh, removed. You get a whole bunch of other benefits. I use that uh, because we DoorDash at least once a week usually. Uh, Chinese, pizza, you name it. Uh, sometimes the day ends and Jen and I just don't want to cook. And DoorDash is so simple to get what we want when we want it. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite nation restaurant, national restaurant restaurants, I should say, like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our next sponsor, you might be asking, who is it, Greg? What is it going to be? It's Canva Pro. Of course, Canva Pro is the easy-to-use design platform that 
has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can help you boost your team's productivity and creativity. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with life, no, no, time-saving tools. I thought it was life-saving tools. Let's not go too far. It's time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. Of course, we've been using Canva Pro here for a while. Tim's been using it to make these little decks that we can show to people, and we're like, hey, why don't you work with Kind of Funny? And he goes in there and he's learned to design with it. Canva Pro is amazing and there's no idea too big or too small when it comes to Canva Pro. So if you want to create something online, Canva Pro, Canva Pro is a tool you need. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kfgd to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A- n v a dot m e slash k f g d canva dot me slash k f g d and our final sponsor of the day it's final fantasy 7 remake integrate it's time to join the resistance because final fantasy 7 remake integrate for playstation 5 is here the shadowy shinra corporation is draining the planet's life force for their own again but all is not lost the mercenary cloud strife teams with tifa barrett and Aerith to take shinra down whether they succeed depends on you of course we're so excited for final fantasy 7 remake integrate the definitive edition of the award-winning final fantasy 7 remake has expanded graphical gameplay and system enhancements and it brings Final Fantasy's visuals to the next level. It's got more realistic backgrounds, it's got better lighting, it's all around beautiful to look at. Hell, you know that Final Fantasy 7 Remake was our game of the year. Now they've made it better? What's not to love? Integrate also gives you the ability to switch between graphics mode if you want 4K and performance mode if you prefer super smooth action with 60 frames per second. On top of it, Integrate comes with the episode Intermission, a brand spanking new new episode featuring Wu-Tang Ninja, Yuffie, as the main character. Play as Yuffie as she conspires with Avalanche HQ to steal the ultimate materia from the Shinra Electric Power Company. Play as new characters and enjoy expanded gameplay experience featuring multiple new combat additions. And if you've already bought Final Fantasy VII Remake for PS4, you can download a free PS5 enhancement for the PS5 console. Episode Intermission is available as a separate purchase after you upgrade. Buy Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate for PlayStation 5 today. Go to sqex.link slash remake kfgd. That's sqex.link backslash remake kfgd. Love me some Wu-Tang Ninja. Story number four, <laughs> Tekken Cross Street Fighter is officially canceled. And this is the saddest new story I could ever wake up to. This is from Michael McWhorter <laughs> at Polygon. Sad, but like not unexpected, if I'm being honest. What? Dude, you know, like, this is like, I, it's of, of course. Didn't they announce this like 10 years ago? This yes. was the e the first E3 I was ever at. I have a picture of me and Alfredo in front of the key art in the article that we're reading right now that like people are using in this game. There was a giant like thing behind us, and I have a picture with the creator of Street Fighter and the creator of Tekken with like me and Alfredo posing. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. I'm gonna read the news story. We're gonna talk about it uh, again. This is Michael McWhorter from uh, at Polygon. Uh, more than a decade after it was first announced, Bandai Namco's crossover fighting game Tekken Cross Street Fighter appears to be truly finally and officially dead. Tekken producer Katsuhiro Hirata said in a broadcast earlier this month that the project died while 
while still relatively early in development. Harada made the comments during a stream of Harada's Bar Radio, the producer's YouTube talk and variety show. Speaking with Tekken 7 game director uh, Kuhei Ikeda, uh, Harada said of Tekken Cross Street Fighter, quote, yeah, development stopped, but we got about 30% done, end quote. I'm going to stop there and say 30% is a lot. You could have kept going. You could have kept going. Uh, they continue. <laughs> we even had motions, which you can see reflected in Akuma, end quote. And I'm going to pause there and say, oh, my God, you could have kept going because Akuma <laughs> was great in Tekken 7. Uh, Harada said all that in translated comments referring to Akuma's guest appearance in Tekken 7. Quote, Dalzim turned out uh, as well. Dalzim turned out as well as expected, uh, pretty good. Female character models were really good too. Pretty good. I wish as expected. <laughs> as expected. Uh, I wish I could have shown you. I was pretty confident. End quote. Bandai Namco announced Tekken Cross Street Fighter at San Diego Comic Con in July 2010. The game was meant to complement Street Fighter Cross Tekken, a Capcom produced blend of the two fighting game franchises. While Street Fighter Cross Tekken was ultimately released in 2012 for PS3, PS Vita, and Xbox 360, and followed the 2D fighting style of Street Fighter, Tekken Cross Street Fighter was designed to adhere to the 3D fighting style of the Tekken series. And Tim, again, I say that I couldn't read a more heartbreaking story, especially reading and, and seeing that uh, Dalzim was pretty good. That's more than I would have expected from Dalzim, the most complicated character you can implement in this type of game. Yeah, that is that is so funny. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, they announced this with Street Fighter versus Te or cross Tekken. And then yes. Tekken Cross Street Fighter at the same time. And it was like, yep. y'all motherfuckers are crazy. Fucking but then that crazy. one actually, that would actually happen. And now the dream lives on. It's just in Smash Brothers, right? We got Ryu. We got a little Tekken mm -hmm. rep now. Kazuya. Let's go. The thing, the thing that breaks my heart about this one is that we did get Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And Street Fighter Cross Tekken wasn't that good. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Yeah, that is true. It was not a, it was not a great fighting game. And... What's upsetting about it is that we got Akuma in Tekken 7, and Akuma worked fabulously in that game. Akuma was great in Tekken 7 and actually showed some promise of, oh, wait, they can actually do this. Like, this yeah. could actually work. Hopefully this comes out because, yeah, like, th this is a really fun way to, to, to do this. And Tekken Cross Street Fighter could be the redemption of Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So to hear that is canceled, super heartbreaking. Again, not not surprising because it has been a decade since they announced it. It has been forever. And you know, like, it is what it is, but man, man, I would love them to actually re revisit this, because this could be a really cool thing, especially hearing that they got so far, so far on it. Kev, can you, I just slacked you uh, a picture, can you please bring it up? Because I, I have the picture of them signing my poster for this game that will never come out, that I still have somewhere. So oh my this, God. Is, this is a piece of history. <laughs> Speaking of fighting games, while Kevin's bringing that up, I started playing, yeah. oh my God, this is an amazing <laughs> photo. <laughs> Oh my God! Tim's on. Tim's on the right with, God, the, with the glasses. Tim signing his looks thing. so this young. Is that, this is that E three or Comic Con? This is E three. E three. Yeah. So technically, oh my this God, was my God, Alfredo E3. on the left. Yeah, it's Alfredo on the left, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Who's in the background getting punched? <laughs> That's a little Yoda boy. I don't know, but it's, he's being punched by a Chun Li cosplayer. You can Pretty see sure. her is little he spiked armlet. Is it not a pickle? I don't, you know what, guys? I have Looks no like idea. I can't tell what's going on in the background. On the top. But dude, bless, I saw you've been playing Guilty Gear Strive. What's up? Yeah, dude, I started playing Guilty Gear Strive yesterday, and I don't think I've played a game that looks and sounds this good. It is hot. 
Arc System Works are on another level when it comes yeah. to how good their art looks. Uh, and it's a really fun game. This is my first Guilty Gear game. I played I played plenty of Dragon Ball Fighters, maybe too much of Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, and you know, playing it yesterday, I was shocked by one how easy it is to get into because I've always I've always viewed Arc System Works games as being a bit more hardcore than traditional fighting games, but I think I've just been wrong about that. I think I've just let the name Guilty Gear scare me a little bit because <laughs> hopping into it, only I only played about three hours yesterday because i played two hours on stream and then i hopped back in later in the night and already i had found a character that i love called uh rain Lethal valentine mm-hmm. uh she's she's this character that has two gigantic floating swords that are held up by these demon looking things and she can send the sword across it. the stage and it's it's very anime it's very fighting game um but i absolutely love playing as a character and i absolutely love playing this game the way the game flows how simple it is but how deep it seems like it can get I'm super in love with it. And I can't wait to keep on playing. Are you? Have you played Guilty Gear? Have you ever gone? Oh into yeah, I was real big on Guilty Gear Judgment. I want to say, do they still do the Heaven or Hell before the, oh, the yeah. matches? Oh yeah, fucking, it's ridiculous. It. The music, the is amount of text man. that pops up that, but before each match, and yeah, the the voiceovers of Heaven or Hell, the fight to the death or whatever yeah. the fuck, it's egregious <laughs> it's and it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Guilty Gear. I can't wait to play more with that. Uh, Tim, let's mm-hmm. let's wrap up the Roper Report with story number five. Uh, that abandoned PlayStation app has been delayed by three days, of course, on Friday's KFTD. <sighs> me and Greg talked all about abandoned and if or if not, it's a Kojima game. Uh, Blue Box Game Studios tweeted this out uh, over the weekend. Uh, they tweeted, the abandoned trailers app got delayed for three days. Due to localization issues, we had to delay it. Apologies for this. Launching Friday the 25th. Also, the app will kick off with an introduction to get you introduced with its purpose and how to use the app. Tim, have you been keeping up with this abandoned business? Unfortunately, I have, Bless. And it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous to the point that it could either be extremely true or extremely false. I feel like the evidence is mounting up both ways. And I hate that as an industry, we've just gotten to a point that the more bizarre something is, the more likely Kojima's involved. Oh, yeah. 1000%. And I still don't know where I stand with this. I think I'm still, I still err on the side of I don't think Kojima's involved. I think... I think a developer is doing an amazing job emulating a Kojima-like ARG experience where you are following the clues. And I I think this was set up from the beginning as something to be a, hey, we can market our game as a Kojima game and people will, will eat it up. The thing that throws me off and the thing that I still can't get around is the fact that this game was debuted on the PlayStation blog as this random game that doesn't look that great, first-person horror experience that did have some kojima elements to it the fact that playstation the the fact that this is on the playstation blog is the thing i can't get around where i'm like okay cool like okay you're on the playstation blog but the more the more and more you lean into this kojima shit the more and more i'm like there's no way playstation can stand beside this right there's no way playstation is looking at all this and they're like glad we back to this thing or we're gonna let this thing exist on our blog more like it's hard for me to imagine that yeah, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on, know. and and I, I, it's gonna be interesting. The fact that Jason Schreier is at all kind of not saying this isn't a thing, I'm like, that's crazy to me. Because otherwise, it'd be like, yeah, people are just having fun, and it definitely seems like a Kojima thing because someone's trying to make it seem that way. It's not hard to seem insane when you're with marketing and just being really meta and weird. Like all it takes is a little side of that, and we all jump to Kojima because that's just what we've been taught to do. Yeah. But so much lines up, Tim. So mm-hmm. much of it lines it's up. So much, hey, man, ridiculous. so much lined up for the Grinch, and he's not in Smash Brothers, so. 
Wait. Oh, yeah. No, okay, I remember what you're talking about. The Grinch theory. <laughs> you're so, listen, the Grinch theory person. was accurate. The Grinch theory was so convincing, though. It was one of my favorite person. kind of funny games daily moments of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite my... thing about it was the people that didn't watch it and they thought that I was trying to, that I was convinced that the Grinch was going to be in Smash Brothers. <laughs> like... I was with you, Tim. I was with you. Everything you said, I listened to that episode of Games Daily and I was, I had my tinfoil hat on and I was like, I don't know, man. Tim's spitting some facts. <laughs> the Grinch is in the background of the photo. It has to lead to something. It has to be right. We're going to see, see Gino. Was it Gino? I forget who the thing even was. It's a whole um, bunch of people. I, Ken was included who ended up being in it. Uh, and I, I can't even remember. But yeah, Gino was one of them. God, that was my favorite, My favorite thing to arise from this whole abandoned situation, though, is yesterday I was listening to a Jeff Keighley Twitter Spaces talk. Where, of course, Twitter Spaces, you can do like your own basically like press conferences and have people talk to you and ask questions and all that shit. And, you know, Jeff Keighley just wanted to talk about Summer Games Fest. He just wanted to like catch up, talk about how Kickoff Live went and all that stuff. And half the people that Jeff brought in to ask him questions were all like, so what's up with this abandoned business? Are you hiding something? And legit, every single time Jeff would be like, guys, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on here. And every new person would be like, I don't believe you. Tell us yeah. what's going on with Abandon. Yeah. And like Jeff Keighley's out there just trying to be Jeff Keighley. And people keep bothering about him, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, well, they did that with Elden Ring. He made it happen. Got out of hey. gamer jail. The The big thing about this, though, is I struggle to believe that Kojima's related to this because Summer Game Fest just happened and Kojima was there for kickoff live. Something would they would have if he had something to announce, it would have been announced there. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows, though? Who knows? Maybe it would have been announced on a random PlayStation blog. You know what? I mean, with let's Twitter make a lot updates of sense. from an account. A lot of sense. Hideo Kojima cannot be predicted. This man goes by no pattern. He's a madman. He put out Death Stranding. None of us knew what that game was until it came out. And when it came, came out, out, we still don't believe what it was. But it was just what it is. It wasn't <laughs> crazy. It wasn't this like thing connecting people and oh, social, whatever. It's like, no, it was just a freaking game where you walk a lot. Like, that's the thing is like, we act like. There's this storied history of Hideo Kojima being completely crazy when it comes to uh, announcements and marketing games. There's a couple examples of that. And, like, to be fair, there are more examples of that than there are for any other developer uh, mm -hmm. being weird with announcements in games. But it's not like it ever got this weird. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know, man. Moby Dick was really weird. Remember when the remember when in the when he, they they announced the game Phantom Pain, and then all the letters from Metal Gear Solid Five fit perfectly in the Phantom mm -hmm. Pain logo, remember and everybody was like, "What the you fuck?" Think, and Tim, it turned you, out you to be real. That was, that was a coincidence. Come on, that wasn't a coincidence. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. There is nothing right better there. than Kevin just jumping on the conspiracy theory train of just like, he doesn't even care Where's what is being hat? talked about. He's just like, yeah, I don't know. Kevin, is there a way that you can Amazon Prime me a tinfoil hat so I can wear it whenever we talk about Kojima shit from now on? Dude, Blessing, you realize. So you know, you, you, you're upsetting me, Blessing. Like, you're upsetting me right now. You're upsetting me a lot. <laughs> they sell they sell those things on Amazon, right? Like I know I could probably just make one at home with tinfoil, but what's better well, than that's getting all it is, Amazon Wes. Prime? You don't buy a tinfoil hat, you buy tinfoil. <laughs> you know what? But like somebody you, must I have tapped look, into the market. I'm Hold gonna on. look on Somebody Amazon. had to have tapped into the market for tinfoil hats. They hat. did, they did. You can buy a tinfoil hat. You can also buy the Archie McPhee tinfoil hats for conspiracy cats. So that way Thomas can get involved in the action. There's actually a picture that kind of looks like Thomas. You, I fuck you, all right? That's not what my cat looks like. <laughs> I love you, how passionate chat is right now. Chat is going chat is going off about me not being willing to just make a tinfoil hat. 
And no, I, I'm going to Amazon Prime. Me Thomas it. doesn't kind of look like that, Kevin. No, not at all. He's not way that cuter. one. Not that one. That one. No. I mean, like a little bit. Okay, why, <laughs> why are cats wearing tinfoil hats? First of all, like cats are already otherworldly beings. Like, I think, I think we're, we're already, already tapped too in. far down a rabbit hole that is, I don't think we should keep going down. <laughs> Tim, I'm very excited to see what happens with the abandoned PlayStation 5 app, whatever the fuck that is. But that is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Out today, we got Woodblock Escape Puzzles 2 for the Switch, Industries of Titan for PC, Labyrinth City, Pierre, the Maze Detective for PC, Ender Lilies for Switch and Steam, and then Postal Force Thursday update is now out on Steam Early Access for PC. Uh, we got one new date for you. Bark for Nintendo Switch and PC is coming out July 29th. And then deal of the day, Sackboy A Big Adventure is $29.99 on Amazon. That's $29.99. And I believe there are also more sales going on for PlayStation first-party titles on Amazon. Um, you'll see games for like $10 off, $20 off, so go check that out. Of course, Tim, this brings us kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where folks can write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe <laughs> just tom wrote in uh and says billy west is the red m&m too that is true he is the voice of the red m&m that's awesome jeff grob in this in the chat says tim is inside a blue box too coincidence whoa Whoa. Uh, Big Easy chat says Returnal is $50, which everybody go play Returnal. It's a fantastic game. And then that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for kindoffunny.com. That's you're wrong. We killed it, Tim. Fantastic. Good job to us. Very proud. Uh, of course, it's Monday, which means we have a whole week ahead of us for Kind of Funny Games Daily. This week's hosts look like this. Tomorrow is Greg, and I'm going to say question marks. Right now on the cal calendar, it's Gary Witta, but I want to make sure that it seems like there's still things in the process for if it's actually going to be Gary Wood or if it's going to be somebody else. So stay tuned for that. Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday, it's Greg and question marks. And then Friday, it's Greg and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Andy playing some Ghost Runner and more. So stay tuned for that. Of course, this <laughs> has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every two. What was that, uh, Kevin? <laughs> what, just Tim is like having like an argument with someone. <laughs> don't worry about of course, it. this has been kind of what's going on, Tim. Nothing, nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, game daily. Kojima, I'm live. Stop. <laughs> I'm so confused.